you want to beat a lie detector test, shit your pants at the test. <laughs> Everyone will be too grossed out to stay. Oh, no, no, no. This is a baseline for me, for sure. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. You're good and you're dead. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Center on our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Always a treat. Treat. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Well, we finished up Across the Pond with Fatal Deviation last week, and God, that was a good one to go out on. It was Ireland's greatest <laughs> martial arts movie. It is. I'll tell you firsthand. It but, is. You know, it, it was definitely their first. I didn't bother checking to see if they've made anything better <laughs> since then, but they set the bar very high. I don't know how you'd fucking top it. You can't. But it's a new month, and that means a new theme. This month, make sure you've got your ID on you, keep your hands at 10 and 2, and put the keys on the dash because it is Cops and Donuts month. Clench that butt. Clench it, not during <laughs> the lie detector. <laughs> not during the lie detector test, though. That's no, what sets no. it off. Because that's how you become a father. Casey, you're kicking us off for cups and donuts. What did you bring for us this week, Dave? After last week, bringing such an Irish gem, I wanted to start this month out with a treat. Treat Williams, that is. Oh, I brought that was, 1988's Dead Heat, starring Treat Williams, my man. And Joe Piscopo, somebody's man, and come get him. <laughs> He's I, so much in this. He looks like human Donkey Kong. What is happening? I, I just want to say. Wouldn't he be perfect? I found it really sure. funny last week how confused and befuddled you were with Joe Piscopo's name. And <laughs> it's only gotten better now that you've seen the movie. Yeah, I I know his face. He was in, like, I've watched one other of his movies, and he used to be on Saturday Night Live back in the day, like the 80s. Yeah, the early With 80s. Eddie Murphy. Yep. So, like, I what? had seen clips yeah. of him. People I was like, I know I know that name. Yeah, I know. I, I don't remember any of the clips. I'm like, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe he had some good material to work with. They wrote into his acting ability. I don't know. Case, we do have to save our treats for later because first, Ooh. we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us yum, on this yum, movie yum, in yum. 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. I got bad news for you. You've died. Ugh. Yeah. It was in the bathroom? It was, it was possibly in the bathroom. Yeah, no, yeah. that's my biggest fear. Uh, it was kind of an Elvis situation. So anyway, oh, the good news, the good news is that we've invented a resurrection machine, you know. And uh, you happen to be close by, so they grab your body, they toss it in. And in the 10 seconds before you go from going about into the awesome party that is the pearly light and get sucked back into the misery that is your back, Whack. sell us on this movie. The dad from A Christmas Story reanimates corpses for profit until he crosses paths with an extra sexy Xander Drax. Starts and ends with an X. Come for treat, stay for Vincent Price. Nine seconds. <laughs> and I love that you got Vincent in there at the end. You yeah. can't charge me time for the Vincent Price laugh. You're welcome. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, to explain how 
all of that has anything to do with our theme of cops and donuts this month, we should probably go over the plot of the movie we watched. Oh, yeah. I did not mention he was a cop. <laughs> I had no point Mobby. in there. Mobby. Mobby. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't important. It's only the no, theme of no. 100% points for finding a movie that was on theme very much, but it's still the least important part of it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The stars of Dead Heat are detectives Roger Mortis, uh, uh, mm. played by our boy Treat Williams, and Doug Bigelow, played by Joe Piscopo. Yikes. I got it there in one take, Case. The pair of LAPD detectives are a classic buddy cop duo, playing by their own rules and getting yelled at by the chief as they chase down a gang of apparently bulletproof robbers, stealing cash across the city. When those bulletproof robbers hit a jewelry store, Roger Mortis borrows a car from one of the cops on the scene and crashes it into one of the robbers, while Doug Big and Slow drops the other one with a fucking grenade. Did you say Big and Slow? I did. did, Oh, I see you, Dave. I see you. When Roger's ex-girlfriend at the coroner's office checks out the robber's corpse, they notice the dead guy apparently has a punch card he's filling up. The same body has been autopsied by her a month before. (laughs) And it is now pumped full of a preservative from a nearby pharmaceutical company owned by recently deceased Arthur Laudermilk. I thought you meant an actual punch card. And I was like, wait, was there a punch card? I mean, like, they should be giving them out at this point, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Right, right. I didn't know you. I didn't realize it meant with death. I was like, was it Publix? Like, did he have like Piggly Wiggly points that like people will kill for that? Because a lot of the Piggly Wigglies are getting rid of their points and people are getting pissed. Roger and Doug head over to the company to investigate, meeting PR rep Randy, who gives them a tour of the facility. Doug breaks into a secure room where he finds a Cronenberg-looking biker laid out on a rejected Star Trek prop. It's the resurrection machine, kids! Sure. The the Cronen biker wakes up and attacks the detectives, trapping Roger in a vacuum chamber where he suffocates before Doug can help him. Because apparently, Doug doesn't know how to use his gun to shoot glass out. Oh, my God. As soon as you pointed that out, I'm just like, use a gun! I was so angry! (laughs) Doug's not ready to let his partner punch out two days before retirement, though. So he and the corner toss him in that resurrection machine they found and bring Roger Mortis back to life. And I just realized why they named him Roger Mortis. Yeah! You got it now, didn't you? It's a rigor mortis thing. Yep. Yep. God damn it. Anyway. Process isn't perfect, so rigor mortis and big and slow only have 12 hours to figure out who's zombifying all the morgue occupants before Roger just turns into, like, zombie goo. Yeah, like a puddle, you know, as that's how people decompose. They just turn into a puddle very quickly. I mean, zombies are up and, like, moving around, so maybe they just, like, build up a lot of decomposition energy or something. Gases or something <laughs> inside of them. The detectives pick up the PR rep, Randy fighting off a pair of zombies at her house before she leads them to a Chinese butcher shop that had been buying the zombie preservative. Another resurrection machine brings a butcher shop worth of animal corpses back to life in a scene that we just can't wait to talk about or or don't want to talk about. What are the others? That's why I only eat organic because that's what MSG does. So I got to go cough (laughs) this jade out of my pussy and then I'll be back to tell you about my bone broth soup. Bye. This forces the detectives to fight for their lives while I fought to keep down my lunch. Honestly, it just made me think of um, Peter. What's his Peter Gabriel? It made me think of Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer, the music video with all the like 
uh, and or uh, stop motion chickens, the rotisserie chickens. Oh that, my god! Yeah, no. Show for me, and they, it's like five of them like dancing, like synchronized swimmers. Do you remember that? That's yes, what I it reminded me of. And it was like around the same time, so I don't I don't know if those were inspired by each other or just was excellent timing, or we just had an obsession with making fucking cooked meat dance for the camera. But I I didn't need it. While they're separated, Doug gets drowned in a fish tank, and Randy reveals she's also a reanimated zombie before dissolving into goo and right out of the movie. So poof, right out of there. Roger realizes the head coroner, Ernest, was the one sending bodies to Laudermilk's company for them to experiment on. But before he can do anything about it, he's captured and left to die in a burning ambulance. Roger escapes the ambulance looking like a burnt s'more, and Ernest uses the machine to resurrect the recently deceased Laudermilk. Oh my god, he does look like a burnt s'more. Yeah, but you know what? A burnt s'more, still a treat. It ah, is a treat. It is too. Yeah. You're so fucking clever, Dave. I, I left that in there at uh, that door, and you just walked right through it. Yeah, we did. We sure did. <laughs> I feel like we promenaded through it. Our zombie cop Roger heads to the pharmaceutical company where Laudermilk is now pitching eternal life to all his Illuminati one percent bros. The bad guys bring Doug back to unlife and sick him on Roger, but. Roger reminds him of that time that they played with lipstick in the car, and that's all it takes for the zombie brain fog to just wash away, and suddenly he's no longer brainwashed and is back to normal. Yeah. Fine. That's it. They said he had brain damage, but I think that was far before he went in the fish tank to drown. <laughs> you know what I mean? The resurrected pair finish off the geriatrics, and the coroner McNabb kills himself before they get to him. But the zombie cops decide he's the perfect subject for their own experiment, where they bring him back to life, but twice in a row. So does that like turn him into a kid or something? Or something. He explodes. No, it turns him into a boiled egg in and the fucking mess. microwave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I, I, I was a little disappointed. I got real excited because I thought they were about to bring him back to life. Kill him and then yes. bring him back to yeah, life. I thought, kill him again. Same, I thought we were going to get a whole long sequence. Right. Right. That's exactly where I thought it was going. I'm a little sad that they just went with the, the do it twice in a row, literally, and like explode him the second time. Yeah. I think it's maybe because how he shot himself in the brain, he wouldn't have been able to come back. Well, no, he does come back. Yeah, he, he still well, like, I woke mean, up and. He woke up, but he wasn't able to walk around and yada, yada, yada. So I think that's why they did the, like, double. If you think this film cares about the mechanics and, and making this, like, consistent um, physics that works for the resurrection, I think you've played yourself. Because because there's so many consequences of this that are just ignored in Dead Heat. Yeah, I, 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 I'm really surprised to be saying this, but, like, why didn't they just make it some, like, voodoo magic bullshit? Why did we have to bring science into this and then give me more questions you weren't going to answer? Because we're not as unrealistic as Weekend at Bernie's. Don't be ridiculous. Weekend at Bernie's is more plausible to me. And here's why. Weekend at Bernie's involves, like, voodoo magic and this body that's not actually alive but just reanimates when music plays. And so it's it's sort of this autonomous function. It's like... um. It's almost like a robot, right? However, in this, these people are resurrected at various stages 
of Undeath and are, for all intents and purposes, exactly like they were before they died. So, so it seems. But how right. do we know Bernie wasn't like that? We don't because we didn't watch the first one. We only watched the second one. So oh, who no. can know? I love Weekend at Bernie's, oh, yeah, Casey. I am a human trash well. can. Oh, yeah. I assumed you were as classy as me, and this was your first experience. Oh, Ew. God, no. No, I have Absolutely watched. Not, no. <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud. Yeah. So the other thing is that you got to think about the technologies that would be involved with this. They can keep people alive and, and – Maintain their memories. Right, and maintain their memories, repair stuff. Like, this is amazing medical. There's tons of medical advancements that would have to exist for them to do this. So they And the heart's world. not beating. I'm real right. confused how all of this is working. It's all magic. Yeah. They, they insisted on giving us a bunch of concrete answers and then ignoring those answers throughout the rest <laughs> of their movie. And right. it's fucking infuriating. Because everybody brought back to life by this apparently breaks down very rapidly, except for the ones we see that fucking don't, like the PR rep Randy, who's perfectly oh. fine up until the moment she just immediately dissolves. Okay, I have, so I have explanations for that. So, number one, all of the explanation that we've been given are guesses by the hot corner. That's what what 90% of any of the lore, she's literally guessing. No, she was also looking at the files on the resurrection machine, which we'll talk about as well. She glanced at them. She wasn't in there long. No, she she says she had been reviewing files uh, from the office in one of the later, later scenes. Later, when they're back in the morgue. Okay. Yeah, she, yeah that's she when but she's trying still, to get treat to stay. There's a difference between reading the files and being part of the project. She's, she's right. kind of guessing sure. in a lot of stuff and making sure. a lot of assumptions. So, we can't take her word as Bond. Okay, um, let, let's talk about the concrete case. Why don't we? Randy is, um, it's revealed, it's it's supposed to be a big reveal, that Randy is actually uh, uh, a zombie. She has been, this phrase that we're using, she's been resurrected and has been um, living this life. But So there's, there's one of two scenarios here, right? Either Randy was resurrected like 24 hours 12 to 24 hours ago and was no. given that pr job and then fell right into this entire film yeah, or no. or they have some kind of way of keeping them preserved yes. for longer and that is the drug that they ordered the people that are okay. resurrected if you want them to stay alive you got to give them that special msg that they're putting in people great so then that ruins the entire plot of them about to expire and racing to try and get to the end of this movie because all they need to do is go get that fucking chemical and shoot up with it. Right, but that's not the point in the movie because Treat Williams said the only thing he wants to do, he doesn't want to extend his life. He just wants to get the guys that did this to them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He just wants to pray. He doesn't want to live true. forever. All he wants is revenge, and I respect the fuck out of that. I don't want to live forever. All I want is revenge. That's true. And I, he wants to go out in a blaze of glory. We're, Shit, right. We're, we're just saying, in terms of the movie's science that it insisted on in putting in here and devoting a lot of screen time to, Randy is, according to its own timeline, one of the first zombies that was made, and she is far and away the best one. Yeah. Right, because yeah. she's been taking that MSG every six hours to keep her preserved. Whatever it is, they, they could have used that on, even even if Treat didn't want to live forever, they could have used it to make it so he could get his revenge for sure. Yeah, it just should have been magic. 
or some other bullshit. Yeah. Like, or just give me some food. What a more. hill to die on! Wow, of all things in this movie, you're like, well, the science uh, didn't actually add up to Hold this. Uh, the Hold on. Part of the it's also movie. the way the movie treats the science, though. Right. Because they break into a yeah. pharmaceutical company, find a fucking resurrection machine that brings one of the cops back from the dead. And then they're like, oh, how should we investigate the case? I guess we'll go literally anywhere else. No, go back to the room with the greatest <laughs> medical breakthrough of the last thousand years in it. Right. Right. Also, a man was murdered there and then woke up four hours later. And Nobody's just, talking about that. Yeah, everybody's way too cool about like the way dead man too himself cool. is telling jokes. Motherfucker, what did you see? It's the <laughs> LAPD. They saw nothing. They saw oh. nothing. <laughs> I I so I thought a lot about that since watching this. That how does how does nobody fucking everybody's just like banal about the fact that there's a resurrection. He says machine. he's alive. They, they let them keep it. Nobody does anything. They just are like, oh wow, this is the most amazing miracle that we've ever seen. And it literally defies everything we know about life. So, like, do you want to hit Jack in the Box, man? Or uh, were you thinking maybe some Taco Bell? Can I rant about something that's absolutely not related? Yeah, all I've done is rant. Please. I love Treat Williams' 1960 Impala. And yeah, I wish too. I would have known the last time I saw it on screen was going to be the last time I saw it on screen. Does that make <laughs> sense? Like, that's yeah, how connected yeah. I felt to it. Yeah. And I just wish that it would have went out doing something. You know what I mean? Like maybe have them get in the car and drive off into the light. Barrel rolling and exploding? Yeah, it was a bigger part of the movie and then they just like cut it out. Kind of like they did Randy. I'm no, the car uh. was more important. Uh. <laughs> in terms of the overall yeah. plot of the film, they're actually about the same, which is disappointing. Because Randy's given a whole lot of character <laughs> development and none of it matters. She none has of a, it matters. She has a whole storyline where she pretends to be Arthur Laudermilk's daughter. For, which is insane because he's a super popular, wealthy billionaire that is well known in a public figure. It's then revealed that she's one of the zombies that's been experimented on. And then she dissolves, like you said, out of the movie. And literally, not a, this character did not need a name. This could have been a nameless person that just opened a door and said go ahead look around stay out of the restricted zone and then was never seen again <laughs> allow me to retort number Please. one billionaires in the 80s a lot easier to hide kids we didn't have google if people were rich enough if they wanted to hide their children from the tabloids it was a lot easier that's true okay, okay. and she's an adult by that point that's you know what true. I mean? So this this could so, be like not totally unrealistic. Okay, but did the movie need a secret daughter that's not actually a secret daughter? Well, we just had it in that uh Michael Caine movie. We love a secret daughter in the eighties. I would have been absolutely fine with the secret daughter arc if when they went to Arthur's grave and Treat confronts her about the lie, she would have come clean then instead of making up a different lie and perpetuating it because that's where the movie gets ridiculous. It yes. would have been fine if it would have been like, yep, turns out uh, some shit went down and they don't have to give us the, the if they want to wait until the shower scene later 
where Treat to goes melt. horny to bang a zombie and melt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. But okay. they could have not given us another fucking farce on top of the farce that they were just tearing down. Stop and back up. Okay. When Treat Williams and the zombie chick go back to her apartment or uh-huh. somebody's apartment after finding Joe Piscopo dead in a fish right. tank. Yeah. Um, She's taking a shower and uh-huh. she's like. He puts on some Marvin Gaye. Yep. Yeah. I mean, kind of. He's finally he changed out of those like Bermuda pants or whatever the fuck they're mm-hmm. called. Um, Right before she melts in a uh-huh. in a towel. Uh-huh. They start setting the scene when she's like describing I'm a zombie too, blah, blah. I was like, please do not do a, a sex scene because he is starting to decompose and I don't know if I can take it. And I just want to thank everyone involved for not doing that. You didn't want to so see the scene you. where his dick snaps off in her pussy? No, <laughs> no. All right. I, so we've ranted about the, the, the science and we've touched a bit on the PR rep Randy. I'm also confused. Why did we include... I, I thought for sure we were going to include a second attractive female so that we had uh, pairings for both of our male leads. But then we pointed oh, okay. both of them at Treat, which Obviously, I get Obviously, he's it. a magnetic yeah. as well. I mean, Joe Piscopo wanted to fuck Treat Williams. Everybody wants to Did fuck he? Treat Williams in this Did movie he? and out of Did this he? movie. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He was a lo- I mean, I don't think he The only time he showed emotion was when Treat Williams died. Treat Williams didn't show emotion when he died. It's true. He was cracking jokes. Right. It wasn't a treat. Doug Bigelow does show a little bit more interest in Treat Williams' lipstick choices than I think. He was trying to play it off. Right. But he but was in it. He really it. did care. He really, and he really. he let Joe Piscopo drive his car. I had a meltdown about the lipstick scene, and it's because Treat Williams goes, I need to go get some lipstick to cover up the fact that I'm dead and I look like death. So I need something that looks natural. I need something that looks natural. Mm -hmm. And he says, mulberry fucking wine. Okay. Maroon fucking lipstick. Are you kidding me? Counterpoint. Maybe he's a wino. And then it would look (laughs) natural. Next question. I am defending this movie. Right. Counter counterpoint. And what is with you and counterpoints this week? I don't know, <laughs> but I feel like I have to defend Seriously, this movie. Seriously, am I playing Ace Attorney? Objection. <laughs> yes. Objection. <laughs> Maybe he's a wino. He drives a classic car. He's always wearing a blazer. Of course he's a wino. Next question. I, I, I don't think the mulberry wine was the best choice. For a natural color, no. but maybe he was just really leaning into the Dracula look. I don't know. I love that Joe Piscopo has a conversation in this film that amounts to, hey, what if you knew the time that you were going to die? And he's like, here's what I would do. I'd throw a huge party. I'd get really fucked up, which I'm, I'm like, all right, yeah, 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 I'm in on that. And then he goes, and then I'd time it so that I was banging this broad. And just as I was about to come, I'd die. I do, while it is a weird fucking conversation for Piscopo to bring up out of goddamn nowhere in this movie, I do 100% agree with him about throwing a party. If I could throw some type of Bilbo Baggins 111st bash where instead of disappearing on the one ring, I just drop dead at the end of my speech. I mean, what better way to drop the mic is there? Also, (laughs) you can do whatever the fuck you want at that party and you know you're not going to die. Yeah. 
everyone's gonna see my butthole. Bring every drug. <laughs> One of every drug, please. Your uh, your entry to my party is giving me one drug, please. So one drug, one drug please. Make it a fun one. Hey Margaret, um, I borrowed your favorite pants, knowing I was gonna die in them, and that one of the first things that I do is I shit my pants and I'm dead. So you're welcome. <laughs> That's for stealing my boyfriend in second grade, you fucking whore. All right, you know what? All all complaints about Piscopo's weird death day conversations completely retracted. We've spent far Something, more time on this than he yeah, has. Yeah, no. <laughs> Joe Piscopo's <laughs> death conversation, like, no, that's that's pretty normal. Like, have you ever just like smoked a bowl with someone, got a little too high, and then got deep? But you're like, no, this is good. You know. Honestly, as a coping mechanism for somebody who you know theoretically is dealing with horrible shit, I've heard of a lot worse. Right. Uh, the absolute best line in this for me was from Treat Williams, and it was so much better than this movie deserved it all. And I don't think they even realized what a banger they wrote when Randy tells Treat, are you okay? You're hurt. And Treat yes. just says, I'm fucking dead, lady. <laughs> yes. I, know, right? I was hoping you were going to say it. best line in the movie. Way too funny for this movie, but so goddamn good. And the delivery <sighs> Treat put on that line, incredible. And, okay, I'm not a big special effects gore person. I think as he decomposed, they did a really good job. And even when he was almost unrecognizable at the end, he didn't have his trademark big eyebrows like a la Peter Gallagher. Oh. He did a great job. Like He he was super believable. He starts to kind of lose his mind. Once his ex-girlfriend dies, that's when he fully snaps. He is in the back of an ambulance. With his dead girl or dead ex girlfriend's body, yes, and he yes. unlocks the parking brake, and it's L.A. It's kind of hilly, and uh-huh. he gets the ambulance to run into another car, so he can explode the ambulance and probably deglove his hand to get out of the out of the uh, handcuffs that he's handcuffed to a gurney. The car and the ambulance go for like a half mile, gaining a bunch of speed, and we get. What is the coolest Ghost Ride the Whip ambulance fucking smash explosion I've seen in a hot minute? Does it count as ghost riding if he's inside of it? Sure, why not? I mean, he's kind of a ghost at this point. So, yeah, sure. Zombie riding the whip. Zombie ride the whip. There you go. And throughout this whole sequence, as the ambulance is careening down the hill towards an imminent explosion, Treat is screaming in what can only be described as an orgasmic way. Yeah, yeah. way too excited for this ambulance to blow up with him inside it. (laughs) To be fair, I was with him, like, you're dead, man, and shit's just going to be whatever, so fucking have some fun with it. Yeah. And, yeah, I absolutely kudos to the special effects and the makeup teams on this movie. The The zombie yeah. effects looked way better than I expected them to. Yes. Absolutely. Especially for 1988. It, we've seen a lot worse in more expensive films. Absolutely. For a movie that, according to IMDb, was filmed in 37 days, fucking right. well what? done, man. Yeah, and they, they, I'm fairly confident that the uh, ambulance smashing scene is an actual vehicle that ramps and explodes. It looks fucking great. I would not have guessed this was filmed in 37 days. I would guess that 
Vincent Price probably filmed all of his scenes separate from everyone else in a day or maybe a weekend, but I did not get that vibe from the rest of the movie. I'm impressed. I'm super impressed. Yeah, there, there are no shots that feature Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo and Vincent Price. Like, no. either one of them and Vincent Price. That does not surprise me. He can only shoot <laughs> after midnight. At one point, I thought Vincent Price was going to exclusively be appearing via pre-recorded oh, yeah. messages. Me too. That he had Me shot, too. I guess, like at his house. <laughs> I was kind of hoping. Yeah. Pulling yeah. old Eric Roberts and right. Karate Christmas Miracle. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking, Casey. Is that the like in Karate Christmas Miracle where he was just going to be uh, a person on the TV. Dave, though, uh, you had mentioned your favorite line earlier. My, uh, maybe not my favorite line, but one of my favorite things that Treat Williams does is after he's dead and they're hunting, trying to hunt down and get his revenge, he goes to shoot off the lock and uh, Randy is like, isn't that illegal? And he's like, yeah, and shoots the fucking <laughs> lock off. Right now, you're, you're about to fuck it. You're dead. You're about to fucking dissolve. You're fuck a cop and you're dead. You're a cop fuck and you're that. dead. You know what I mean? Like, you can get away with some shit because you're a cop, but also- what are they going to do? Yeah, I I was not initially very happy with Treat Williams' character arc in this movie when he was apparently so dedicated to the job of being a cop that he was insisting on doing it even after goddamn death. Like, seriously, right. do you have a pension right. you're trying to age out or something here? What the <laughs> shit, man? But when he throws all of that out and just decides, nope, I am the knight, I am vengeance, I'm just going to shoot my way through everything. Yeah, great shit. Yes. Oh, man. And when he starts shooting his way through everything, he ends up in a SMG shootout with another undead guy. And they just stand there for 10, 15 seconds, loading each other with bullets, doing the fucking dance. And it is gold. It's excessive and delightful. That zombie ends up getting killed when Treat Williams locks him in the vacuum chamber they use to kill dogs. And blows yeah. him up with a grenade. And Treat Williams. And Treat Williams, yeah. Which was just by way of, like, segueing us over to the fact that the science facility here has a whole room just for, like, vacuum-killing animals in. And that's I think it was weird. for people, too. It sounds I thought kind it was implied awful. that it was for people as well. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not waiting okay. around for bodies in this place. They're making them fresh. Right. They're an evil pharmaceutical company, Casey. What else because do you Because all of the... Do? the guards and everything like that, all of them looked fresh like Randy. So I assume they were also pumping them with the MSG to keep them preserved. Yeah. Just go ahead and step into this uh, room that says dog killing chamber to fill out the rest of your higher end paperwork. And we'll be right with you. <laughs> Don't mind that noise or the lack of oxygen. Okay. Jay, you were confused with the, okay. Vincent Price leaves his fake daughter, Randy, a.k.a. one of his fave zombies, a secret number code in his crypt on the inside of the lampshade. And you were confused by this, yes? Yeah, I don't know that it's actually meant for her, right? So we we know that um, Vincent Price sent Randy a video message, and we know that it, it's some kind of confession. But there's a fight that happens in the middle of the video message, so we don't get the, the bulk of the content. And for some reason, they cannot be kind and rewind and just fucking rewatch it or take the video right. with them. But go on. Right. 
So, and we also know that Vincent Price is not actually dead. He either faked his death or they used the resurrection machine on him. It's, it's not clear. But either way, he's still alive. And so, I don't know who he was leaving a message for that. Like, and he's clearly in on this whole thing. He's the, the main backer, the main venture capitalist. And he's trying to get a bunch of people to pay him to use the machine. So, we know that... that like, who's he leaving the message for? He's not, he, he doesn't really want people to break in and figure out what he's doing because he's profiting from it. I think no, he okay. was, I think he was in on pretending Randy was his daughter. Um, and like to give the movie the benefit of the doubt, that would mean that the video message was just for the sake of keeping up appearances. Um, but to not give the movie the benefit of the doubt, I think it's, they, they just didn't think about that when they wrote it. <laughs> And they had to have a clue for them to find. Yeah. I guess. Sure. Yeah. And this movie was just, did. you know, the Looney Tunes clip where Bugs Bunny's just slapping down train tracks right in front of the train. <laughs> That's what they were doing with science words in this movie. Yes. All right. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. We haven't talked about the most horrific part of this film yet. And I feel like we would be remiss if we don't talk about the time where the guy activates the resurrection machine and it brings an entire Chinese food shop of dead animals back to life. Yeah, that was yeah. unpleasant. As someone who worked in a restaurant for a long time, like some of those you can't, some of that shit in the freezer you cannot resurrect because it's been there longer than half the staff. <laughs> but I appreciate your optimism. Um, so, okay, this is, this m part of the movie is what helps solidify my idea that there were a few people that may have had this resurrection technology or was working on different ways to use it. So, like, in the Chinese restaurant, there was this, like, stained glass light in the middle of the kitchen that when it's hit with lightning, everything comes to life. And starts like murdering shit, whereas the which I have a ton of questions about. Right, absolutely. I, just, I think every I think everybody was kind of close to the same technology, but had their different spin on it. And the technology that Vincent Price found had the least amount of side effects. He just had to keep taking MSG or whatever every day to keep him alive. Set all that aside. Why would you install it in the light fixture in your shop? I cannot answer that for you. This man 100% wanted to bring, like, this was an escape plan yes. for him. Right, like, yeah. Correct. Villain. But he know, like Treat Williams said, he knows how to make a diversion. It was very diverting. Because he was in the wind, bro. He was very much in the wind. He probably had time to pack. They were attacked by, like, pig corpses and a fucking decapitated bull that had been oh gutted. And it had a, its arms cut off. I don't know. I That would be traumatic and distracting. Yes. Distracting is certainly a very mild way of describing so that situation. I have a lot of questions because it seems like up until this point, the lore of the movie says if you sever the spinal cord, they stop moving. Uh -huh. Like smushing Except the guy between the cars. Yeah. Right, right. And that's how the bull was. Where I'm like, that bull has no fucking head. And yet it is still, and it's carved open and been disemboweled. Oh, yeah. And yet it's walking around trying to kill Treat Williams. Girl, you can't. In the butcher shop, at one point, 
Treat Williams is being attacked by what looks to be just a liver that yeah. has slapped itself over his mouth and is trying to suffocate him. I don't like think a, he like could be there hugger. that day. Yeah. And face hugger they liver. just had a stunt double. <laughs> Ah, yeah. again, movie not movie does not respect its own rules, but uh, no. whatever uh, we're doing it in the sake of just the most nightmarish horrors here, and I, I get it, even if I did not enjoy it at all. The ending where there's a chopped up chicken corpse that each part is moving independently was really kind of horrific because I thought, oh god, we're finally done with this, and then they zoom in on that, and I'm like, surprise! Why? Why, Why would you? Mm. I don't. I don't want any of this. This is fucking awful. As much as I hate to say it, I think we've had enough treats tonight. And I need to know, Dave, 1988's Dead Heat, starring Treat Williams, starts and ends with the next, and Joe Piscopo, Joey Piscopo, would you watch it again? God, there's so, so much going on in this movie. We've actually cut out a lot of other stuff that was talked about and we just didn't have time to cover in this. Not Um, as much as Bullseye. Go on. Which also Uh, had a secret daughter. Yeah. I do. There's nowhere good to bring it up, but I do have to point out that uh, as best I can tell, every character with a first and last name in this movie is killed at some point. Several of them are brought back, but otherwise every named character dies. Yeah. It passes the Bechdel test. The 80s one. Yeah, there's so much going on. There's so much to keep track of. So much of it is so very, very bad. But it is deliciously 80s. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's a movie that just couldn't be made today because they would be aware of how bad the film they were making is. And they'd lean into that. And I don't like that. And I do like this. So, yeah, I'm probably going to watch oh, Dead Heat yes! again. Really surprised by that. But Jay, how about you? From 1988, starring Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo, Dead Heat, would you watch it again? I was really disappointed in Treat Williams because there's a a point where he is in with the coroner, McNabb, and has a gun pointed on him and could have, if he he was already undead, this was way late in the movie, he should have walked in and shot him once and started questioning him as soon as McNabb lied, shot him again, and then just kept like doing that in a bit. But instead, he monologues and waits for people to creep up on him and capture him. And I'm like, come on, Treat. We're already at the point of no return. Have some fucking fun with it. However, you got to respect a movie that treats a morgue like a shopping mall where it has 50 fucking employees wandering around with tons of bodies and one that just isn't afraid to have an undead cop going on a vengeance streak and just getting some shit taken care of like they said everybody fucking dies in this movie with a name and it's kind of an 80s treat but not just that the last like 30 minutes of this movie are a banger when we go from the the part that they get stuck in the ambulance forward the movie rolls with an incredible pace that is ridiculous and tons of fun i loved it i can't wait to watch dead heat again because this is one of the best movies I've watched this season. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I am yes. humbled. Casey, you did this, and you're never humble. So, 1988, <laughs> Dead Heat, would you watch it again? 
So I really put in my my homework for this week because it was important to me. I watched a couple other movies before this. I watched Maniac Cop starring Bruce Campbell and uh, the guy with cherub disease that's in uh, a movie that we might be watching later this month. Um, And it just was too much gore. Then I also watched Family of Cops, the recopping or something like that with Charlie Bronson and Daniel Baldwin. And it was just too dry lifetime. So I wanted something more in the middle. And I feel like I really struck the happy medium this week. Dead Heat was cheesy, but not over the top. <laughs> it it winked enough at you without being too in on it. The special effects were great. It has the dad from A Christmas Story as the second in line bad guy that's stealing the fucking bodies from the morgues and giving them to Vincent Price and his cronies. I loved it. I I. I, I knew I was going to because Treat Williams. I literally love anything I've ever watched him in. Joe Piscopo was a bit much sometimes. Sometimes he looks too much like a human Diddy <laughs> Kong, and I don't like it. But Fair I allow it. Writers. But I allow it. And especially that fucking 1960 Impala Treat Williams. Was, oh, my God. To be a woman of my age in 1988, I tell you. Uh, but yeah, it's probably no surprise. I would absolutely watch Dead Heat again. It yeah. was the right kind of fun. The pacing was good. Just, it was a delight. I can't believe this was not a bigger success. Well, that's it. That's the verdict. Three out of three of us would watch this hidden gem, Dead Heat, again. But tell us check us out on facebook let us know did you like it did you love it do you want some more of it because it's on flex for free and voodoo if you don't have an ad blocker as i mentioned earlier robert zadar jay he's co-starring in this movie what are you bringing next week for cops and donuts month well, I figure it's only appropriate that we visit a cult classic of shitty cinema. I and love a this cult. stars Sylvester Stallone's ex bodyguard. I was like, okay. what? <laughs> <laughs> In a 1991 film called Samurai Cop. Ooh. We watched this years ago for Shitty Cinema before we were publishing, and I have not seen it since. And I am very excited to revisit this classic. Well, we'll just have to wait till next week to see if this cop knows karate. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Throw us some money if you want to. Pay your civil taxes to Shitty Cinema on Patreon slash Shitty Cinema or peepshittycinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Put Joe Piscopo in a microwave. And somehow not bring him back for a sequel. I'd watch it. 2023, bitch.